This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm sure you heard the stories last week about the new um, federal legislation that does away with mandatory minimum sentences in our country. It's Bill C-5, um, legislation that would eliminate 20 different mandatory minimums. So judges basically have discretion. Mandatory minimum means if you're convicted of this crime, this is all a judge can do. This is, this is, it's on the books. This is the minimum mandatory sentence. That's it. It's over. It's done. This opens it up to a little more discretion. And, and the goal here is uh, to tackle primarily the overrepresentation of Indigenous people and Black Canadians in our prisons. Clearly stated by the Justice Minister, that's what the goal is here. So will it do it? We're going to have a chat now with uh, Lisa Kerr, who's an assistant professor of law at Queen's University in the Faculty of Law. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I characterize that accurately, right? I mean, the Justice Minister is saying we want to get rid of these mandatory minimums, essentially because it causes an overrepresentation of Indigenous and, and Black prisoners in our country, correct? Um, that's almost right. The one thing I would say is it doesn't do away with mandatory minimum penalties. There's about 72 of them in the code. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Many very serious offenses that still would have a mandatory minimum. But yeah, for 20 of them, and and six of those are, are, are drug offenses, um, it, you know, that have been sort of a failed experiment um, from the Harper years. And so those, those it was clear they were unconstitutional, so they're cleaning those out of the criminal code. And, um, yeah, so the Justice Minister says the purpose here is to improve racial inequality in the criminal justice system. Um, that's what the government has said this bill is about. Now, is it? Uh, the way that it's written and the way that this is going to work is it going to do what they're saying they want it to do? So I think it will help somewhat. Um, there is some evidence that, um, that there, especially when it comes to Indigenous prisoners, that, that a number of them have, been, have entered penitentiaries subject to one of these mandatory minimum penalties. And we know that the rates of incarceration for Indigenous people have, have grown so much in recent years are really disproportionate. So there are 5% of the Canadian population, but 30% of the federal prison population. And then when it comes to the Black inmates, you know, Black people are 3% of the Canadian population and 7% of the prison population. So I do think it will help. It will restore discretion. But you know, just because there's not a mandatory minimum penalty doesn't mean that a judge is going to impose a sentence below uh, what that mandatory had right. been. All it does is restore the ability of the judge to sort of individualize the sentence and impose what she thinks is a fit sentence. Excellent point. So how do we change that then? Okay, now they have the discretion um, to go yeah. below the minimum. How do you sort of, um, what's missing? What's the key part here that we're not bringing into this equation? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So one of the things I think is really missing from this bill is, um, so for a long time now, we've had a provision in the criminal code, section 718, that tells sentencing judges to make sure that they have paid sufficient attention to the, quote, circumstances of Aboriginal offenders, end quote. And, you know, that provision appeared in 1997, and it has really told sentencing judges to make sure that they learn about an Indigenous person's life circumstances, especially the topic of how they've been impacted and their families have been impacted by residential school experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's been really important to sentencing because before that, there were many cases judges didn't know that stuff, right? Judges are primarily not Indigenous people. They're usually drawn from white middle-class backgrounds, and they often, especially in the late 90s, didn't know that material. And so that's been really important. Now, has it brought down Indigenous rates of incarceration like we might like? No, it hasn't. But it has still been a really important piece in making sure that the sentence imposed is a fair one. One of the things I think is missing from this bill is that um, the government could very easily expand that language and say that judges should also be sure to pay specific attention to the circumstances of black offenders. Mm -hmm. And we've seen courts of appeal in both Ontario and Nova Scotia really affirm that that kind of approach is necessary, that when you have a black defendant in front of you, you need to take a moment and dive into their life experience and, and, and to how systemic racism and other kinds of experiences in schools and with policing and with housing policy, how those things might have impacted um, their criminal offense. Now, um, Lisa, I don't have to tell you what's coming up on my text line right now. You know uh, it's part of your piece. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of con- you know, um, a misconception out there, I think, that, well, why should they get off easier? Why should we be doing mm. this? Why should we do this based on their race? If you commit a crime, you do the time. Um, it's not about getting off easier, is it? Well, no, and this isn't saying, you know, impose a lenient sentence on right. black or yeah. Aboriginal people. That's, that's not the proposal. What we're saying is, um, it, when it comes to the information that a judge has at her disposal at sentencing, but it's very important to ensure that they've done a deep dive when it comes to Indigenous and Black defendants. And maybe it's important for people to understand what sentencing looks like. These are often very quick proceedings. They don't have the formal rules of evidence that apply to a criminal trial. Um, with legal aid funding, there's often uh, not a lot of resources that defense counsel have to prepare for these things. And so really what this is, is just ensuring that judges have an independent legal duty to pause and say, have I learned enough about this person? Um, I understand there could be systemic issues when it comes to Indigenous and Black people in terms of what their experiences in life have been. It's not always the case, of course. There are, there are folks who are sentenced who are racialized in this country who don't point to negative systemic experiences. There, you know, that is certainly the case, but where that evidence might be relevant we say that judges in this country ought to have to pause and pay attention to it and and hear from relevant experts who might be able to shed more light on the circumstances of the offender. Yeah, and I think that's an important point because I think some of my listeners are taking this as Indigenous people who appear in court or Black people who appear in court need to be treated differently and there needs to be almost some sort of added leniency just based on the color of your skin. And that's not what you're advocating for here. You're just saying get the full understanding of the circumstances, right? Not changing the parameters in any other way. 
Listen, and sentencing law in Canada is very individualized. Every single person, um, whether they are racialized or not, um, deserves, in my view, and the law says this, to have a fit sentence. And a fit sentence is the one that reflects the offense you committed and the circumstances uh, within which that offense occurred. So everyone's entitled to that, in my view. Mm-hmm. And that's what fairness requires. Um, that's what proportionality is all about. It's just the case that when it comes to black and indigenous defendants, our judges often do not have the background information, right? They're not drawn from these social contexts as a rule. And um, we can do a really superficial, inadequate, really discriminatory job of sentencing uh, racialized people if we don't have some kind of systemic fix. So it's not about leniency. It doesn't say anything about the sentence the judge should then impose. All it says is pause and make sure that you have the information you need. Makes perfect sense to me, Lisa. Um, Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for your attention. Thank you very much. That is Lisa Kerr, who is an assistant professor of law at Queen's University.